Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, trainers, to the Executive Edition. I'm your host, SosaFlow, from the Pokey Battle Network, and I'm here interviewing the top trainers and content creators that we have had throughout our entire journey as battlers. We are kicking off our first edition with the man himself, the legend, who keeps bringing us all of the great Sylph content as we are starting Season 5 of Sylph, PvP Steve. Steve, how you doing today? Okay, battlers, as I am required to say. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, so I say, how about you? I, I'm good. I'm not required to say anything. That's really great that you have like a contract, requirements. You, that good day, battler, though, is definitely something you should tag for sure because it just gets everybody happy when they hear it. They're like, oh, it's going to be a good day. What do we got today, Meta Steve? <laughs> exactly right there was actually another um uh there was another aussie content creator who made a video one time uh saying uh that said g'day battlers not in like any sort of copying way and i i right. made a joke uh it's like hey that, that that's my thing copyright copyright trademark uh sorry g'day battlers <laughs> cannot be added by another human uh please please choose from the vocabulary again uh but look it, 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 yeah. uh, uh, my australian word forget about the other 23 million people that live here it's 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 gone so people just have to pay steve now to <laughs> when they say good day battlers you have to give about five pence to steve <laughs> and you're like, eh, that's not a lot but if 23 million people are giving up five pence that's a lot of money oh, it adds uh, up to so a lot of dollaritos dollaritos <laughs> nice. oh come on the simpsons dollaritos Classic episode. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Classic episode indeed. But we're not here to talk about Simpsons. We're here to talk about your journey as a content creator because you had started way back when with the Kingdom Cup and it has just been wonderful to have you still continue and still be so passionate. So why don't you tell us your journey of how you started as a content creator here? Yeah, sure. So Silph Arena obviously kicked off back in January 2019 with the Boulder Cup. And I'd only started playing the game like a couple months before. So I think I started in September of 2018 uh, because back in the, the original 2016 craze, my phone uh, wasn't good enough to run the game. So uh, <laughs> sad times, sad times. Uh, I definitely wanted to play. I just couldn't. 
Uh, but then September 2018 rolled around. I saw uh, an old friend of mine playing the game and it's like, yeah, oh, let's give that a go. Uh, and so I got the game, played for a couple months. Uh, and then Silferini came out uh, with, you know, th- uh, monthly metas, some sort of thing. And there were tournaments going on in my community in January. Uh, unfortunately, I missed the first one uh, in Ooh. this first Boulder Cup, but then they decided that they were going to run a second Boulder Cup. So I decided to rock up. Uh, you know, I quickly put a team together, not really understanding how, how PvP worked. Uh, and because it was a bunch of other people who mostly didn't understand how it worked either, I think I went like 2-1 or something. <laughs> Definitely nice. shouldn't have. There was like two people there who knew what they were doing uh, and crushed the rest of us. But then uh, Twilight Cup came around and that's when I started going to YouTube and it was like uh, looking at all of these content creators. Uh, like I, I, I explicitly remember Purple Koga uh, watching a lot of his videos uh, way back when. And I think uh, Game Press was making uh, made a Twilight Cup meta simplified infographic. And I was mm-hmm. looking at that infographic and that's what I was sort of using to... Uh, well, to build my team, I didn't have people to practice against. I still didn't really know people in the community yet. Uh, so I just looked at that graphic, sort of picked a Pokemon from each of the, I think it, I think it must have been some sort of pentagram. There were like five groups. I picked one Pokemon from each group and then uh, that's all I needed. So I didn't really add in a new Pokemon. I was just like, well, I've got five. Let's just throw in some random uh, Pokemon. Spiritomb, you're on the team with no intention of using it. <laughs> It was not good in Twilight Cup, by the way. No one should ever have picked Spirit Doom. But I was done. I had a team of five. And I went in and I ended up winning. Uh, and I was pretty happy with it. Went 4-0. Uh, and I was like, wow, that's really handy. Um, and then uh, Ma- uh, March came around and I did uh, pretty decent. I won I won one tournament and lost one tournament in uh, mm-hmm. the March meta, which I think was Tempest. Uh, and then it came to Kingdom Cup. And I was kind of like, okay. I, I've really appreciated the content creation that's sort of been in the scene. Like I'm really uh, loving getting this, getting this information. It's obviously really helped me in sort of getting started. So then I was like, I kind of want to do that for other people as well. So then I sort of uh, made a video uh, talking about, uh, I, I can't, oh, it was just Kingdom Cup Battle. So I was just getting my footing. Yeah. It is such an awkward video. You can tell there is just no confidence there at all. Like the, he is just not ready to be recording a video, but he gave it a go. Good job, Steve. Um, and then uh, made one video, made a second video. And then my third video was uh, a tournament recap of my Kingdom Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I won the tournament. Um, you did. Using, yeah, losing, using Dragonair. Looking at it right now. It says Victorious Steve. <laughs> and you, right, went from a hun- you went from 100 views to 3,000 views on that in <laughs> uh, just one look. Uh, yeah, well, what what happened basically was I won this tournament using Dragonair as a safe swap, which yeah. back then, like, strategies were sort of uh, hard to come by. Like, no one really talked about strategies so much. It was more just, uh, these. this is the meta, these are some battles. So I sort of came out with this Dragonair safe swap thing. I posted it to Reddit, and, yeah, it, it just kind of blew up out of nowhere. I mean, as you said, like, you know, I was getting 100 views for the first two videos, and then it just rocketed up to over 3,000 on this third one. And I was like, Oh, I, okay. I see that I'm doing something here. I can, I'm providing some level of value. So let's keep it going. Um, and it's just sort of like, you know, evolved from there. I think actually the very next month in, uh, April, May, uh, was the nightmare cup. Mm-hmm. And I decided to, you know, take my hand at making a meta simplified infographic. So like doing the same thing that game press was doing, 
providing that sort of value. And I gave it a go. Uh, there were no colored arrows. It was all black arrows, still really yeah. spaghetti. <laughs> like I, I don't think I grouped up any Pokemon. It was all like individual Pokemon in here, in the matchups. I made it. I even made a version two that month. Like I made a second mm-hmm. video uh, where I did add color to the arrows and I sort of uh, moved stuff around. But I mean, that's, yeah, and that's basically to now. You definitely adapted that style right early off the bat. Uh, it was definitely, as I was going through, because I did the same thing looking for content, you definitely, you came across it. I was like, ah, oh, who is this guy? Just basically took paint and just <laughs> drew, drew a nightmare. And then you did the second one. I was like, oh, at least he did colorful this time. And it was really, <laughs> it was brilliant. And you just kind of adapted this. It seems like right off the bat on Nightmare, you adapted your style with this paint and making these metas. Yeah, I mean, it was like, if I'm going to draw something, the only thing I know how to draw in is MS Paint. So I guess that's where I'm going to go. <laughs> Based in all these Pokemon, drew some spaghetti arrows, and uh, nothing's changed. <laughs> no, and as a content creator and someone who also needed to find content early in that day, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely used Game Press, and they had a thing beautiful too that was counter the counters. And I don't know if you used that when they would you could counter the the meta. So they had one where it was like, these Pokemon are really good. So like you were saying in uh, not, uh, Twilight Cup, uh, Azumarill, that was where we all learned about Azumarill. Yeah. And then throughout those times, we weren't really picking up strategy. That's why your Kingdom Cup video was so good because you were the first one that actually showed like a strategy where like Zionic and Kyogre were like, use this Pokemon, use this Pokemon, but it wasn't like in-game play. And that's yeah. what I really appreciated about your video there um, back then. Yeah, I mean, and I wasn't trying to do anything, by the way. It was just sort of <laughs> happened. It was just like yeah. I, I played the tournament and Dragonair happened to, to do well for me as sort of a, a neutral soft win, soft loss sort of mod. And so that's, I needed a title and that was the title. <laughs> so, and off it went. <laughs> so you kick it off, you're going through, you're going hard, you're building your community up. How... What is your community like out there in Australia for season one and basically up to 2020, up to the pandemic, how you as a content creator helped your community grow and what did you do with your community in those early times? Yeah, so we definitely had like, you know, back then there were no round robins. So you needed eight people for a ranked tournament, whereas nowadays you only need a minimum of four because you can do that round robin format. And we were sort of at the start, season one, we were getting like, Sometimes five rounds, I think. We occasionally got to that 16 mark. Usually not. It was usually around the sort of 10 to 12 mark. Uh, you know, uh, famously, I'm not not even close to the largest uh, Pokemon Go YouTuber in Newcastle because uh, Zoe Two Dots happens to live here. So she came to a couple and uh, she actually won the other Twilight Cup that I didn't attend. Uh, so we were doing like two two tournaments a month, two Boulder Cups, two Twilight Cups. And then we sort of decided, settled down uh, to one a month. Everyone would come to this one tournament per month and it just chugged along, chugged along. And we were just having a good time. Uh, we started doing online tournaments as well. And that was mm-hmm. back in the days when you needed 30 days of in-game friendship to be able to battle remotely. Uh, so oh, the pain. <laughs> yeah. So I set up like a spreadsheet in the same way that Go Stadium did with like tracking where everyone's friendship was up to, uh, you know, harassing people to be like, hey, you need to open more gifts uh, from <laughs> forever because you won't you be were able that to. person? <laughs> I was that person. Nice. <laughs> Needed to, I wanted to get everyone up to cuff, up to ultra friends so that we could all do the remote battles as soon as possible. 
So we did one in person a month and then one online a month. And that's sort of uh, how we went. And yeah, it was pretty good. And it stayed through until obviously uh, the pandemic came through. uh, And then we moved to just an online uh, sort of format, which has kept going to this day. So I'm I'm pretty happy that we're still uh, doing local tournaments, even with the, the previous ranking system. And, but you had built that community up at the beginning. So that's great that you were already an online presence for your community, um, where a lot of people, where we were only online on Discord, for my community, where we did more of uh, in-person, we didn't have online. I did my online through Go Stadium. Um, so that's how I did it. So you, you, did a, you guys did a really good job there at keeping your community together. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously it was just because I was, I was bored and I didn't have friends to battle with. And by making the community oh, tournaments shit. online, I forced Steve. people to battle with me. It's genius. Steve, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I did. I was like, guys, come to NoHo. Cause it was that struggle. Season one was a real struggle to get eight people. Cause you needed eight in order for it to be a ranked. It, you needed eight people. And we're like, Hey, person at the park who looks like they're playing Pokemon. Want to join? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, uh, that wonderful, wonderful that the in-person there, so, um, 2020 hits, you guys are already based in the, um, remote. How do you as a content creator keep your community up during these times? Yeah, I mean, I just sort of, uh, to be honest with you, I just kept doing what I was doing. I kept keeping up with the uh, the Meta Simplifiers, the videos. That was about the time uh, when the pandemic came that Go Battle League came out. So obviously uh, there were, you know, fire out cries of Sylphie's going to die, Go Battle League going to take over. Um, yeah. You know, that sort of a sentiment was definitely around. And a lot of the content creators who were in the Pokemon Go PvP space, uh, especially making Sylphie videos, sort of moved over to Go Battle League. So, you know, uh, King, Zionic, uh, obviously moved over to Go Battle League where there's a far wider audience base. So, like, when you're sort of looking to grow your channel, Go Battle League is absolutely the place uh, to sort of do that in the <laughs> PvP sphere. Like, just a massive audience there. Uh, I, I concur. Yeah, <laughs> completely, completely concur. Like I did the same thing. I was like, "No, Sylph's not gonna die <laughs> for Team Rocket," and it was should uh, should have gone into GBL immediately. <laughs> nah, but I, I, I've always had the attitude that uh, if you're making content, if you make content that you don't want to make, it is just going to be a chore. You're not going to want to do it. It's not worth doing. So I decided uh, that I was going to keep making the content that I wanted to make, uh, the content that I would want to see as a viewer, and that was Silph Arena content. So not I'm, I'm not super big into Go Battle League. Like I've never grinded out a season uh, to try and hit Legend. I <laughs> There was one uh, one season when Kanto Cup was there. Uh, I just played a bunch because I was having fun using Alolan Sandshrew in the Kanto Cup and happy yeah. to have the veteran. But I've never been a pusher for Go Battle League rank. It's just not what uh, I think. I think it's just because it doesn't have that uh, people, human interaction sort of element that I like. Uh, yeah. So I kept with Sylph, kept making Sylph content um, as the number of Sylph content creators uh, steadily decreased as Go Battle League uh, picked up. And uh, just sort of, yeah, and that sort of helped to, to keep things a little bit uh, afloat in my community, at least, by sort of uh, keeping this stuff going, keeping this focus on hosting the tournaments, getting the eight people in that we needed. Uh, and, yeah, and we still do that today. 
You you do a great job with it, um, and you did a great job with it back then too. Not only did you do it for Sylph, you joined a team during that time, um, mm. <clears throat> a U.S. team called Antimatter, uh, and you helped out with a lot of the uh, live tournaments that they were hosting and the the internet tournaments that they hosted on Facebook and stuff like that. Tell us during that time when you were doing Sylph and everything like that, how was it working with Antimatter and Nexus? Yeah, so uh, I guess the, this is the sort of the topic of esports in Pokemon Go uh, PvP because uh, obviously I think that many people are familiar with Mazer was sort of this first organization, esports organization that sort of came into the scene, uh, signed a lot of players like Speedius Chief 2, like Dunebug, uh, and sort of had this wide roster of people on their sort of card. Uh, and Antimatter Gaming was sort of the, the second esport organization to sort of come to the scene because they were looking to host tournaments in the Pokemon Go sphere. So they had, right. uh, they had some deals. Uh, they had a relationship with Facebook Gaming. And so they were hosting these $1,000 tournaments uh, through the Facebook Gaming uh, platform. So like they had to host it on Facebook Gaming. Uh, with $1,000 prize pools, which was sort of unheard of in the Pokemon Go sphere. Like there have been very few uh, tournaments with that sort of prize pool. Like there was uh, the Sylph Arena Season 2 World Championships. Uh, season 2 or Season 3? It was, it was the one where Speedy's Chief won. <laughs> season 2. Season, season two. 2. Season 2. So they had uh, a multi-thousand dollar prize pool for that. But wow. most most tournaments that have prize pools are sort of down in the $50, $100 range because they're very grassroots. Whereas uh, Antimatter was sort of, uh, I guess, unique in bringing in this sort of, uh, I guess, industry uh, cash in terms of like uh, over, the, over the course of their tournaments, they brought in over $10,000 worth of prize pools into the Pokemon Go community. So they like... It was revolutionary, I guess, in terms of there were these $1,000 tournaments. Uh, some of them were US only because of the uh, deal restrictions uh, based on where the money was coming from. Some of them were right. able to be global. Uh, some of them were North America, so Mexico, uh, USA, and Canada, uh, except for certain provinces where apparently competing for cash prizes is sort of a no-no. Uh, something to do with gambling laws um, yeah. in very, very few sort of territories, but it is out there. Um, and so they asked me uh, when they were hosting the first one, the I think it was the US Open Kanto Cup uh, was the very first tournament they hosted. Very first, yeah. Uh, and they sort of asked me to join them on the casting bench. Uh, and I was like, yeah, okay. Uh, and it ended up being me and Dragonite, who was one of the the owners at the time. And so I was, we were doing some sessions. I was teaching him how to cast Pokemon Go because he's a, um, he was a veteran caster from other games. And and very familiar with Pokemon. I mean, his caster name was Dragonite, so you you reckon he probably uh, knows a thing or two about yeah. uh, little pocket monsters. Uh, so he sort of had some sessions. I trained him up, uh, did some like basics, how you cast Pokemon Go, and uh, we cast that tournament. Thousand uh, dollars went out. Uh, I think I want to say that Rise to Occasion won that very first tournament, uh, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was sort of uh, like obviously. We, you and me, Sosa, have done plenty of casting in the past. Uh, it was, mm -hmm. I think, January of 2020. Uh, for some reason, it seared into my head that we uh, did this tournament. Uh, it was you, me, uh, King, and Dr. Trotter, I think it was, uh, were casting uh, a tournament that you were hosting on Team Rocket Academy. And uh, was it a, No, it wasn't a tournament. I Was it Sunrise Cup? Because the only thing that you and I think King and I would have done together 
with though is um something self-official and you weren't on continentals with me you were did i had you because i found you for our first look when they did their first look uh sunrise cup and i saw you and i was like i gotta get this kid on he's got to come on with us i was like can we get this guy he's (laughs) hilarious he's he's amazing he's nothing but joy coming out there and you kind of need that when you have like king and though because they're great they're great personalities to understand things but to balance those guys out you need somebody fun on the desk too i am um, confident sosa i was i was casting with king you're on the analyst desk uh, it was definitely a thing. I don't know what it was, but it happened. I'm so confident. <laughs> but, was it APAC? Was it APAC? No, no, no. It, it, was, it was not self official. It was on Team Rocket was- Academy. I'm, I'm so certain, and I'm gonna find Shut it after up. we're done here, and I'm gonna give you the link because it. You know what? If you find anything on Twi- <laughs> on Team Rocket stream, <laughs> by all means, my guy, send it to me, please. James never James never saved the damn thing that we did. He's got none of the videos. I could get nothing from him. I didn't save the video. It was gone. So like all of the early live tournaments, if I didn't hit highlight on that, gone. It's all gone. All the production's gone. Dang so it. like. Yeah, good luck. Good luck finding it. You can ask James. Okay, fine. Your word against mine. But I (laughs) – Okay, I believe believe you've got – I believe you're right. I believe you could be – I've done so many. Um, I believe you could be 100% right, but I don't – not off the top of my head can think of what the tournament was. Yeah, I mean, neither can I. Uh, It might have been (laughs) – was it a dream? Did you have a premonition of our Sylph <laughs> Battle Tower for future 2023? Me, you, King, and though? <gasps> it was all just a dream. But now I've awoken uh, and we're, we're doing the executive series. Uh, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> back on to... Regardless, back on track. Um, so yeah, I was doing uh, doing these Nexus tournaments uh, and then I, d- I think I did two or three of those tournaments casting before they sort of asked me to to join on to the antimatter roster. Uh, and mm. since then, it's it's grown a bunch. I mean, they've got 6-4 Ninja, Elo Decolo, NCK228. Actually, NCK joined before I did. Um, he was senior to me. Uh, they've got Concentrate Queen now, uh, Trainer Rems there. So it's definitely a, a really fun uh, team with those uh, sort of uh, really nice people, I, I think is how to summarize it. And so it kept on going, uh, $1,000 tournament here, $1,000 tournament here. Uh, and it was just a lot of a lot of fun. I'm very glad that sort of came up in a bit of a, I guess, a lull in the competitive Pokemon Go uh, tournament scene, just because mm-hmm. it was that pandemic season. Yeah, and we uh, to Antimatter for hosting those. Truly appreciate you guys for doing that. Uh, it was a lull in that scene, and again, Steve, you came up with tournament and, and you know shows and stuff like that because we don't have live in person tournaments anymore and. You guys found Canto Cup and made that a thing and it made that fun. And that was such a great watch. Uh, so yeah, great job there. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um whew. so you're going through it, you're in Nexus Antimatter, you're it is the, coming to the end of 2020, uh, the world still on fire-ish for everybody else. I don't think you guys were on fire <laughs> at that point. Um, we were doing pretty good. You guys were doing pretty good, right? Um, getting getting back in with Sylph and keeping the Sylph flow going in 2021, what challenges did you see or what challenges were you faced with? Yeah, because I mean, half the world is open and half the world is closed, <laughs> right? And we're about we're trying to get into our fourth season here, and it's very tough because a lot of us want to get back to in person, uh, but half the world is out, half the world is in. So, as a as a as a battler and as a content creator, man, what did you? How did how? What were the difficulties you saw ahead? Yeah, so I think as Silverina season four sort of kicked off, so that was the twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two season. Um, it was very like people were really anxious to get back to these in-person tournaments. Uh, like they really wanted to do it, but Sylph was sort of like uh, a little bit unsure about it all. Uh, they didn't want to hard commit to everyone go back in person, uh, but they sort of wanted to allow people to do that if it was safe to do so. Uh, so obviously going into Sylph in season five now, they're like, it's hum and ha in-person tournament, rah, rah, rah. Uh, right. But, uh, you know, a season ago, it was definitely still a little bit like COVID was still on the, you know, hanging around, uh, vaccination rates were stalling in certain places. And it was a little bit like we were still playing it cautious while there were still all of these new variants and that sort of thing. Um, so 
for in, I mean, in my community, we didn't end up doing any in-person tournaments because we just decided to play it safe in that regard. Uh, we, we will be starting up pretty soon, but uh, back then it was Jack, we'll just keep doing online. And I think that was the attitude of a lot of communities as well. I uh, just didn't want to quite uh, jump into the in-person scene quite yet, but we just kept chugging along. Uh, I kept uh, like my, my content stale, man, in the sense that like, I just sort of keep doing the same thing with the, the brand new meta. It's like, uh, and you know, it's, it's not like it's a bad thing. It's like, you know, the meta simplified every month. Uh, we do mm-hmm. some tournament recaps, uh, occasionally get some live streams going, uh, depending on the meta. Like I know, uh, for the, uh, the, the last Silverina meta, um, I, I did a live stream where I used, uh, every single Pokemon that was eligible <laughs> and didn't stop the yeah. stream until I used every Pokemon uh, that was an option, uh, which is definitely a lot of fun. You, you can only do it when the meta is uh, confined enough. Uh, and l- let's just say there's a lot of there was a lot of stinkers in that meta, <laughs> a, lot, yeah. a lot of ones you didn't want to use. Um, but you know, just sort of kept 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 doing what we we're doing. Uh, you and me did a couple of things as well. Uh, for example, uh, I ran a, a Clash of the Champions tournament. Uh, where we got back the continental champions mm-hmm. and the world champions from uh, seasons one through season three. How uh, we got, uh, you know, it was all Speedy's Chief, Dunebug, uh, Shady Equation, who just became the North American continental champion, uh, Bibalicious from season uh, two, European continental champion, even back to season one uh, with uh, Shmusef came in from the North American side. So it was a it was a really cool tournament. Uh, getting all of these like top battlers. Uh, actually, there was this tweet from Zionic back at the end of Sylph Arena season one, where uh, because there wasn't like online tournaments weren't really feasible because of that thirty day friendship limit uh, requirement. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, they had they had three tournaments around the world. They had one at like at each GoFest. I think it was sort of. Th- technically supposed to be there was one at north america uh there was one in latin america and then there was one in europe and so there were sort of these are you talking showdown no 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 no. i'm talking uh like season one like there was the championship in north america where schmoosef won uh there was the one in eu where raging taz won and there was the the one in uh, latin america where escombrora uh won but there wasn't any sort of like there were just three champions there wasn't yeah yeah, this was this was pre-Steve pre joining Sylph. So, of course, there's no content or information <laughs> out there about any of this. But this did go through because this is, again, another reason why I pushed in Season 2 to become get more content out there. And I'm sure you did too. Because when you saw there was a championship that happened and you didn't get to watch it, were you not upset? I, know, there, there was a, I, I remember there was a stream where uh, King and Raging Taz uh, were sort of uh, casting the show. I remember Pokemon Master Holly was there doing interviews. Uh, there, there was definitely uh, some broadcast coverage, but uh, I'm pretty sure the footage is also dead to time uh, because I was uh, in trying to hype up this class of the champions thing. I was going back to look for old footage and <laughs> it is just uh, so sparse and bare. Like uh, the only things that I could really get were um, the clips from Pokemon Master Holly's YouTube video <laughs> on the topic. And that was, uh, that was kind of it, unfortunately. And I mean, wow. there is that, there's that gif, um, that is locked into Twitter somehow. I don't know how gifs get onto the Twitter gif search thing, but, uh, there's like Zionic doing the Ludicolo dance, uh, sitting next to King in their, their in their button up shirt. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, that was a good one. I remember that tournament that they did. I thought they were talking about showdown cause they did showdown too. Uh, season one, or King did showdown. I don't know if Zionic was there, and they were like Ramper to like it was 
King and somebody else. It looked like they were just all squished in like a bathroom. <laughs> um, I don't know if you watched that that uh, tournament, but I do know what you're talking about about the uh, the <clears throat> those. I was talking about the uh, the world championship of season one that we didn't get to watch anything of. Well, there wasn't a world championship. It was the the three tournaments with Shmusa, uh-huh. Frazier, Tads, and Escambrora, and that there wasn't a. Um, so, actually, so that's what I was saying. Uh, Zionic made a tweet uh, that said, can we get like a tournament with these three facing off each other for an official world champion? Uh, yeah. And that was sort of the, I guess, the, the spark that then was like, oh, we can just get all of the champions from all of the seasons, put them all together in a tournament uh, and see what happens. Uh, and, um, so uh, it was you and, uh, you and me were together uh, casting that uh, Clash of the Champions uh, and you know, we, we, we've we sort of done some stuff, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's just sort of uh, a little bit of that here and there, uh, some Friday night fights action um, and just keeping the content train going as 2021, 2022 sort of uh, kept chugging along. Awesome. Yeah. I, it's tough. It was definitely a tough year because I was one of those people. I'm sure you were as well. That just wanted to be back live person in person in 2021, 2022. And there was so many struggles to create content because I love doing in-person content creation and then bringing those tournaments to the people so we get to watch them live. Uh, so <clears throat> the fact that we had to do that struggle and come up with these kind of things and you came up with Clash of Champions and were able to give us Nexus League, it's just another amazing accomplishment that you do for this community, Steve. That's, that's why you're an executive and you're up here on this executive edition. Um, it's just, uh, are you just here to like keep throwing compliments at me? Because I... I I'm I'm not comfortable with this, Sosa. This is this is too much praise. My head's going to get too big. Uh, ego, First can't off, take it. <laughs> hold up, hold up. You have an ego. If I've ever met a guy without an ego, it's you. Like it's like you, and then like Speediest Chief has just a little bit of an ego, but he doesn't like. It's not like he's like boasting about anything. Like, but you know, he like has good time with it as well. Um, but like at the bottom of the barrel, I'm talking like it's the two of you, and then it's like the most humblest man in the world on top of you guys. Uh, there's no ego there there's nothing i could do but i you know let you know that you just if you if you're not feeling that from the community or if they've not said it to you my guy like we really you know appreciate that you do so much for the community if they don't know about you from uh, on listening to btw here then it's time this is great for them to start learning about you and all that you do for us because uh, if it wasn't for you my man we wouldn't have had a continental season three or season four or we wouldn't have had uh, any good information coming out for that and for Sylph as well. And as a battler who loves seeing content like battles and wants to see championship battles, like you can't like, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for the press. Thank you for pressing them. Cause uh, it would have been so disappointing if you, we missed any of these championship runs. Look, I, I appreciate you say so, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to take issue with, uh, you know, speediest chief loose in the humble crown. I, I, I'm infatuated with that man. There's nothing he can do wrong ever, ever. <laughs> oh my God. If you two got onto a play Pokemon tournament, would it just be the two of you complimenting each other? Like, <laughs> yeah, as, as you see in the Umbreon's are going into it, Steve, you just are just so sparkling today. <laughs> oh, speediest coming from the man who emits sparkles. I'm just taking sparkles from you. No, Steve, you've just got this wonderful shine to you. It's just so great. Oh, it looks like the last <laughs> resort is finally being thrown, but speediest chief's last resort to win my heart 
is never undone. You know, here comes the probe pass, but the only man with better facial hair than probe pass is Speedy's Chief sitting to my left. Uh, and man, I could just stare at that all day. Wait, what was happening? Uh, uh, so, sorry. <laughs> Seriously, that'd be great. I, I'm surprised that they haven't gotten the two of you yet. Like, <clears throat> I think you guys would just be a great combo together uh, casting. Oh, look, I, there are plenty of really good uh, casters from around North America. You know, yeah. Caleb Peng is just an absolute legend. Uh, Butters, DeFi, all coming in and doing a, a great job. And Gabby Snyder coming in as well. But m- my hopes just just lie on OCIC coming up in February. That's that's my hopes too. Australian home turf. <laughs> my hopes is to cast OCIC too. No, I'm just kidding. I'd never take that from you guys. <laughs> Like I could. You guys are set over there with all the amazing content creators you have out there. And I hope you do get it, Steve, because you are nothing but an amazing talent for this battling community. So you have future hopes then. OCIC, what else do you see for yourself then coming into 2023, getting the new season going? What what are your hopes for the future, Steve? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> something that I sort of hope comes in 2023 that unfortunately I was denied in 2022 was the chance to attend North American Go Fest. <laughs> now, I was I was supposed to go this year. However, uh, COVID had other plans. And oh. uh, I think three days before I was supposed to fly out, uh, we got the positive test uh, and sadly wasn't able to make it. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, that can actually uh, come through this, this year coming. Uh, so- but go fest only maybe hoen cup hoen in vegas <laughs> uh, well actually uh the las vegas uh hoen tournament uh or the, the hoen event is actually the same day as the ocic uh no! <laughs> niantic why <laughs> So uh, I'm not going to be there for that, but you know, it, it's, it's not as bad as the the other couple of regionals that are yeah. happening the same weekend as the actual like major Hoenn Tour event, the global event. Uh, luckily, us Aussies do get the chance to participate that in the following weekend. So that's I'm, awesome. I'm I'm pretty okay with the result when uh, okay. all things considered. There are others okay. in worse worse spots. Yeah. People have to actually, you know, want to go out to Vegas, can't because they got to go do OCIC. No, it's understandable. It's understandable. Uh, no, what? Arlington Community Weekend? Arlington? Like, that must have been upsetting for some people. Imagine being, like, down in Arlington and you want to do the community day and you can't because you're, like, in top eight. You've got to focus. You've got to battle. You just can't, like go and catch all the Pokemon because, oh, you keep winning. You're like, damn it. You keep going. You keep going. You're like, oh. Well, tell you what, Sosa, in, um, at the Melbourne tournament, uh, last play Pokemon season, it mm-hmm. is going on the same day as that uh, Amora and Tyrant research um, that no. day. And so I, w- I was in, in the building uh, for that and not going out and catching things. And now that Aurorus is so good and Aurorus. I don't have any IV Aurorus assistances, uh, <laughs> all because of some silly PvP tournament uh, that kept him away from looking at cool dinosaurs. Uh, and <laughs> now I'm uh, struggling when we're coming up on uh, the Holiday Cup when uh, Aurorus is like yeah. number one in the meta. Um, number one, I think it's got a 98% rent rating. Like it's <laughs> over. Like that thing is so beast. Like I'm bringing in like uh, Obstagoon or something like that. Just to, <laughs> I think I'm just double countering so that way I don't have to worry about that thing. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. But you know, that's it's a it's a bit of a downside of the play Pokemon tournaments in that because there's so many of them going on like every weekend and pair that up with Niantic sort of having these Pokemon Go events like seemingly every weekend, there's just so much sort of uh, stuff coming on over the top of each other. And like I sort of get it from the sense that there's obviously a huge Pokemon Go player base. They have different interests, so you can sort of pick and choose what matters more to you. But it just sucks as the sort of the the smaller community of battlers who, uh, I mean, obviously we want to participate in these play Pokemon tournaments because they're, they're really fun. They're a, pl- a pleasure yeah. to be around. They're great to participate in. And sometimes just a really cool event just sort of uh, passes us by, with the exception being uh, the Hoenn Tour. Uh, because it's such a huge event, it is actually pulling people out of play Pokemon tournaments. Uh, so it can go the other way as well. And it's I'm not sure if there's a solution so much. Uh, like, the- I, I know a solution. I know one. They're not going to like it. But I I know one. Move one of your events to the weekend, the weekdays. It's not not anybody wants it, but it'll solve some of the problems. I, or don't put it on the you know don't put every don't make every weekend a thing. How about that? Like Niantic <laughs> does that. They make every weekend a thing. Like uh, for in person, I wanted to ask you about this too. Like creating in person again. We have more Niantic weekends now like just piled onto each other. You got community days, you got classic community days, there's research weekends, there's spotlight hours, stuff like that over the weekends. As a as a creator and, and helping of building the community, how do you work around that? Well, here's how- the thing actually. Uh, in, uh, in January, there's the community day, uh, the uh, Chestnut community day that's set for, I want to say January 7th, Saturday, January mm-hmm. 7th. And so, uh, San Diego, just so we're all aware that's San Diego, uh, <laughs> play Pokemon. Of, of course. Of course. Uh, we'll start <laughs> talking about weekends in terms of which play Pokemon tournament is on that weekend. Right. Um, speaking of, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, on January 8th, the Sunday, uh, me and a couple of the other tournament organizers from around the state are all putting together this sort of statewide, uh, self tournament in Sydney. Um, so it's sort of like, uh, you know, you get the community day on the, on the seventh, on the Saturday, and then come for the tournament on the eighth, uh, which like, you know, in case people want to have like a little weekend away in Sydney, stay overnight. Uh, I live about a two, two and a half hour train ride away. Oh, train ride away. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's, yeah, I'll I'll probably just play community day here in Newcastle and then head down the day after, uh, for the tournament. But it's sort of like. I guess looking at the weekend that only has one day with an event on it and picking the other day, or of course you can do the classic thing where you have the tournament that, uh, well, it used to be a little easier in terms of the community day when it was like, maybe it was 11 to two. And then you held the tournament from 2 PM after a couple of trades and evolves and stuff. Um, or you can do it the other way around, have a tournament and then do community day. But of course, at that point, you have to be, uh, have pretty good prediction skills as to when the tournament is going to finish, um, yeah. to be able to time that right. But th- there's, there's things you can choose. There's never going to be an ideal sort of solution, um, other than just picking an empty weekend in the 0% of times that that does happen. It is a little bit easier for us in uh, the APAC region where there are far, far, far fewer play Pokemon tournaments. Uh, So there's, you know, we only had uh, four this season, all of them in Australia. Uh, So, you know, really unfortunate for the entire rest of Asia who currently has no play Pokemon tournaments. 
Uh, yeah. They've got plenty of free weekends. <laughs> they got plenty of free weekends. Indeed. <laughs> uh, but it's it's an unfortunate case. And I guess that's another thing where Silferina in-person tournaments can sort of fill that gap a little bit for those communities who are underserved by the play Pokemon circuit. So like uh, you being in North America is sort of like, you know, it, it's just chalk to the brim. Like there's in-person tournaments going on every weekend all oh, around the country. Someone's got down, something I'm close. Our uh, small communities ha- still have to drive somewhere to go out for those tournaments. Like I'm out here in a small community and it is not as booming as it should be. And I'm like, I will probably have to drive a hundred miles just to go to a self tournament. 100 miles, two kilometers. <laughs> wow. 160 kilometers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like that's on my own. It's my own car, my own gas. I'll probably have Mudkip up with me too. Uh, we That's what we do. We drive up to Phoenix for the live in-person tournaments out here because Tucson only has like four battlers, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> me, uh, Mudkip, and like two others. So we can't get that. You can't have a in-person tournament. Well, but yeah. You can with four now with the brand new edition of Round Robins. Right. <laughs> that is but true. Yeah, I, I no, but you are, what, what you're saying is absolutely, absolutely correct on um, with the small communities and having Sylph fill the gaps here for, um, for these smaller communities, these live in-person Sylph tournaments that you're hosting. Yeah, it, it, it gives another avenue, I suppose, which is, which is good. Uh, Steve. We go into all sorts of stuff um, now because we got everything going on for the future, the past. Sir, what was your favorite meta? I'll be honest with you. So I said, this is so filled with nostalgia. Like as you know, there's that famous, uh, there's that famous meme where uh, I can determine your favorite Pokemon game based on when you were born. And it's just in order of whichever game was current at the time. Um, it's like, you know, my first game was leaf green. So I'm going to say my favorite game in the Pokemon series was leaf green. Uh, and that's just sort of, uh, how it tends to be. I'm sure that your, I, I'm going to bet so, so that your favorite is either, uh, blue, a blue or is it red, blue, red, yellow. It's one of them. Blue, blue, red, uh, same thing as green, but blue, red. Yeah. Um, uh, sir, are you Uh, calling uh, me Uh, old? (laughs) <laughs> young man are you calling me old uh um you, you just um um uh, uh <laughs> i'm just really young so so I, i'm a child i mean I, I walk around in cargo shorts uh, <laughs> yes steve I, mine is definitely uh red and blue so your favorite meta se- yeah. is from season one yeah, in the, in the same way, it's sort of the, the nostalgia pick. So I really, uh, the two metas that sort of uh, solidified in my head, uh, Twilight Cup, because okay. I, just the memories of like just picking my team off the infographic, uh, I caught a goal bat that morning and so put that onto my team and replaced Sick. whatever I was using um, and, you know, won that tournament with the Spiritomb in the useless sixth slot. Like that's just a really good memory to me and mm. I'll always just associate Twilight Cup with that memory, let alone the fact that a Twilight Cup is sort of, I probably for a similar reason, just nostalgia, is quite beloved Oh around the place like i think there was a, a mirror cup at the end of season one where you yep. could sort of play back a lot of the season one metas and most people were picking twilight because it just sort of felt like a pretty balanced meta 
Um, it was a, just a fun meta using a bunch of sort of uh, picks that, I mean, nowadays a way of, I mean, Nitto Queen would have been eligible, but it didn't have the one, two, three, four, five fang uh, way back then. Um, but, you know, it came back for a, a factions uh, meta, I believe, as well. There was a Twilight Field meta. Um, so it's sort of this one that keeps coming back because it is quite beloved. Uh, the other one uh, that sort of stuck in my head is Kingdom Cup, which is a bit of an odd pick uh, because I, I think that it's quite a sort of RPS meta in the sense that you had a fighter in Lucario, you had a tank in Bassidon, and you had a flyer in Altaria. And most of the time it was just spinning those three around. Uh, obviously, there were some people out there running Dragonair safe swaps, but, you know, uh, a little, little bit of a core Sociopaths. Brain. Uh, we call them sociopaths. Ridiculous human beings uh, who should really uh, remember, get checked out. Do you remember why Kingdom Cup was? Do you remember why Kingdom Cup happened? Why they did it for Kingdom Cup? Why they why? made it Kingdom Cup? I mean, in regards to Game of Thrones being big at the time, I, <laughs> it was a hundred percent right around the same as the season finale or season uh, beginning of it. Because Kingdom Cup was dragon, steel, uh, ice. Fire and uh, something else. It was like all. It was like all. It was all nods to like Game of Thrones. It was one of my favorites. hundred <laughs> percent, one of my favorites. Um, Admittedly, uh, that and Boulder, I only watched Boulder Game of Thrones because it was my start of first. this year. I'm a bit behind. You know what? When you were born, it's this old show. I'm sure you'll <laughs> you'll really like. It. it came out probably couple years like a few years after you were born um, you're probably all you oh my god <laughs> stop it you hitting me with the color yo when i was your age we were turning knobs for the seven channels we got had to hit that antenna right or else you weren't getting color man i grew up with tivo I- i'm sorted man. <laughs> <laughs> yes thank you so um You've got Twilight Cup, you've got Kingdom Cup as your two favorites, but Twilight is your number one. Yeah, that, that's how we're going to st- lock, lock it in, Eddie. Lock it in. Twilight Cup is your favorite. All right. If <clears throat> you could host a tournament with any battlers, who would the eight battlers be? Any battlers. Okay. We've got to think about draft picks here. We want the the hypest battles of all time. We want, I I think we have to, I mean, I'm sort of thinking back to sort of like world champion status. Like you get, you get Dancing Mm -hmm. Robin there, reigning world champion. You get Emmy Weedle, reigning world champion. You get Speedest Chief, previous world champion. You get Dune Buggy in there. You know, you sort of get, get all of these, these big players. Uh, you set out four there. You bring in Vroom Vroom Pow as the reigning Silverina world champion. So there, there's five already, uh, just filled with a, a litany of world champions. So mm-hmm. uh, it, we're already looking pretty stacked. And then uh, I, I'm going to put in this guy who's just going to get crushed by these five. And he, he's, he goes by Sosa Flow. No, uh, please don't. He, he's just there to get as demolished as he's ever been in his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Just, he's gonna be one, spice. one pokemon uh he's, he's just <laughs> okay so he, he's now he's number six for sure guaranteed oh good and then and then okay how, how do i fill out this roster like it was easy when you just pick a category that can fill out so many slots for you okay you know what uh, i'm gonna bring in uh two uh i'm gonna bring in mardo galde and the reason i bring mardo in 
is because I, I just want the BMs. <laughs> I, I just want to, I just want to bass it on to be sludge waved. Actually, you know what? That's my final pick. Bring in Caleb Peng because he brings the bass it on. Yeah. <laughs> can come in with the BMs sludge wave against bass it on. That, that is my, my roster pick. Full zero eight. I, I truly, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Besides myself, I thank you, and I do will get demolished. <laughs> but I will; they will sweat bullets. I'll take at least one from somebody. Yeah, from one who I play. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> just, just wait. Just wait till San Diego. Um. Uh. I, those are great. Those are absolute top tier picks. Uh, absolutely right to have the top battlers, and then the Marto and Caleb. Great <laughs> job too. And I just ask you because you've seen so many battlers come across, right? Who would be the most electric to watch and see? And so, just as a caster to caster themselves, like I just wanted to know, like who would you just love to see battle it out in a tournament? So that was wonderful. That's an absolute great beast of a lineup. I mean, in um, saying that, I mean, in Dunebug is one of the. Uh, best battlers to watch just in the sense that he is always really good. As we've just seen this weekend where he's come away yeah. with, with the crown, uh, you know, yeah, first you place watch that? going to Worlds. Uh, I'm still on catch-up duty. I, oh because of the time zone problems, yeah. I can't really watch them all live. So I decided to just wait until I can watch the VODs and then I go on catch-up. <laughs> so I was I, I I more delayed. I would tell you to watch just the Dune Bug. But the entire day two, nothing disappointed. Like there was the entire day two. This tournament was so amazing. I am loving the new meta. Like it was so good. The battles, the catches, the gameplay, the mind. My guy, like you're in for a treat this weekend. You're in for a treat. He's <laughs> yeah. um, just, he has this ability, a dune bug, to always find where the win con is. And just target it. And I, I've got this memory seared into my brain of the Silverina World Championships Season 3. Mm -hmm. uh, Caleb yeah. and I were casting the, the World Championship Grand Final. And me and Caleb were both like, oh, Dunebug's out here. Uh, we we're thinking about the, the next battle. Like, oh, he's got to adjust in this way. And then Dunebug just comes out with this like one in a million chance to come away with a win con. It was like, oh my gosh, he wins the game. He becomes the world champion there on the spot. And it's like, just like we, we were the casters so we could see all of the moves. We could see where all of the energy was. We could see where all of the teams were still relying. And we were still like, Dune's done here. But Dune just has that power of knowing where the win con is and knowing exactly what he has to do it and is definitely one of my favorite battlers to get the chance to watch for sure great i'm going to substitute my spot for dune bug so that's a great <laughs> top eight lineup and i'm glad that we got to there because that that's exactly it uh steve if you could have a buddy pokemon walk around with you who would it be uh, that, that is the easiest question of all time, Sosa. And to be honest, I'm a little bit offended that it's even a question that has to exist uh, because, and everyone else, uh, there's many people around the world who get this question wrong because uh, there's just objectively a correct answer. Oh. That answer being Ditto. I yeah. mean, Ditto can what? just be them all, Sosa. It's, <laughs> it's logic done. It can be anything. What? And what as shown in Detective Pikachu, it can become humans as well. Like it is the ultimate, you can get out of anything. You can, any sort of like a prank you want, any Pokemon buddy you want. And hopefully it's even got those like cute little dot eyes. <laughs> you nailed it, Steve. That is a great, that is a great Pokemon. Absolutely. I mean, especially because we saw Detective Pikachu. Absolutely. could be anybody as long as it wears sunglasses. Yeah. As long as it wears sunglasses. Right. But, uh, that's great. Ditto is a great Pokemon. 
Oh, man. Um, if you had the chance <clears throat> to cast world championships in Yokohama, would you? Look, absolutely so, sir. Like, mm-hmm. I would essentially, like, uh, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Any sort of play okay. Pokemon tournament, if I was offered, I would be there. I'd be doing, like, nothing but prep for weeks beforehand, just doing yeah. casting practice. But I think that I, I'm also a, a realist. Uh, and I'm I'm setting my sights on OCIC, no further for now. Great, definitely Great. like you know, world championship. There's some brilliant casters who are well seasoned in the play Pokemon circuit, uh, and I really hope that they get the chance to sort of continue because it's it's obviously a nerve wracking thing when you have to do it for the first time. I mean, uh, Amanda Lundberger recently uh, casted. Uh, I was put on the casting bench for the first time for a play Pokemon tournament. She's she's a seasoned caster. She knows what she's doing. But once you get onto that one of the best. play Pokemon stage for the first time, uh, she got a bit nervous. Uh, she she said that in a tweet, I think. And so, you know, you, you don't want Worlds to be your first stop. Is is what I'm saying. You you, you want some uh you want some experience beforehand. Uh, get yourself up to the point where you think you're ready uh, to take on the World Championships on the casting bench. Uh, so, uh, OCIC. We'll, we'll OCIC is the goal. All right. Um, Steve, my guy, are you going to be trying to do live streaming for your in-person tournaments? I think not at this okay. stage. Uh, just because, look, I'm, I mean, look, I, I make medicine fights in MS Paint. I'm famously one of the most uh, low-tech, uh, not really knowing what I'm doing sort of guys around when it comes to uh, this sort of thing. I... <laughs> In the actually did a live tournament for uh, the Nexus League for Antimatter Gaming when I was in Pittsburgh uh, earlier this year, um, and so I was hosting that while I was casting with Speedius Chief actually, um, Speedius Chief who I was supposed to meet in Pittsburgh, uh, but unfortunately his uh, flight didn't work out, and so we just had to talk virtually. I, I swear that the day that I get to hug that man, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but- I'm gonna hug him first. I'm gonna hug him in San Diego. Take a picture no. and send to you and be like. Wish you were here, sucker. Uh, any, any photo with Speedy's Chief is what I'm most jealous of in this world. Um, but <laughs> but um, look, I and it was very scrappy uh, in terms of like just putting stuff together, wishy-washy, uh, yeah. making it work how it works. And I can definitely do that. But I think that it helps when there's a Wi-Fi connection, which none of our in-person tournaments have a very good Wi-Fi connection. Uh, so we'd probably need to find a new venue if that's something we wanted to explore, I think. And then, you know, I'd just be scrappy, host it on a laptop, have it OBS up, hit go, and then do nothing fancy. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe oh, trust me, it's super easy. It's super easy. You just hit go and you don't really change anything. You just let <laughs> people plug in their phones. You're like, okay, let's go. All right, Pokey Battle Network. I'll, I'll yeah. trust you. Oh, trust me. I, we're doing it over here. We've done at least four live in-person tournaments in Phoenix mm-hmm. and one in Tucson. It's been uh, super fun. But that's great that you're still out there for your community. And I know you're a scrappy guy. I was just wondering if you were doing that. Um, Not yet. Not yet. As a creator, as a creator, what are your futures for Pokemon Go? Uh, like my my goals, my plans. What like, are your future ooh. goals for Pokemon Go? Like the community. Like what do you for the future? What do you see for the community here in Pokemon Go? I think that Sylph Arena, with this sort of, um, I mean, it's sort of going through a second wave of people saying that Sylph Sylph was going to be dead after Play Pokemon sort of came a thing, as well as Go Battle League. But I think that Sylph Arena is sort of making moves to angle itself to be. 
uh, I guess, fit into the new environment. So obviously uh, there've been those recent changes that you talked about on Poke Battle News uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Poke News, sorry. And in terms of like, it's moving to uh, a lower battle maximum, I guess, because we're going down to 40 ranked battles per two months, where in the past you could, if you wanted to say competitive, if you wanted to be number one, you had to do six, seven round tournaments per month. So it's essentially halving the requirement to do your maximum number of battles in the Silph Arena. And mm-hmm. so it's giving those top battlers, because at the end of season four, there were a lot of battlers who were sort of saying, um, you know, I, I performed really well in season four. I'm really happy with how I did, but it's a bit too much of a grind for me. So I'm going to take season five off uh, competitively. And so by reducing the number of battles that it requires to stay competitive, by also uh, making the so this meta crossover between Sylph factions and the Sylph arena, by bringing in go bat- uh, specific go battle league formats that can be ranked as well, and of course open great league, which can be used as play Pokemon practice. I think it sort of sets up the Sylph arena to be this uh, sort of thing that has a place in terms of it keeps bringing these uh, custom metas that are a little bit more fun, uh, stay a little bit uh, more dynamic and less stale than the open Great League meta that uh, gets a a slight update every three months with the move changes. So I think think the Silph Arena is going to continue to be a thing and I'm hoping that that can sort of be embraced by the community a little bit more as uh, Sylph comes back to more in-person tournaments. There obviously are battle towers that are coming back for Sylph Arena as well. Now, I never got the chance uh, to be even close. Like, you know, I would have to hop 12 countries to get to the closest battle tower. More. Um, So there was nothing around here but Sylph Arena. I mean, mean, that's because battle towers were introduced uh, basically at the start of the pandemic. And so it didn't get get to last very long uh, before uh, we had to close down shop on in-person tournaments. But uh, I think Battle Towers potentially uh, might be uh, another way for people to sort of engage in the Silver Arena, be a little bit more involved. Uh, and uh, there's there's no details yet. They're keeping it under wraps. There'll be more announcements soon. I mean, I mean, speaking of soon, there are they did just put out the soon graphic uh, as we're recording this morning. So by the time this comes yeah. out, the metas are probably out for, for yeah. Silver Arena and Jan and Feb. Um, but uh, I'm... I'm sort of hoping that uh, we, I, I guess, reach a little bit of an equilibrium in the the community as far as like uh, what we can sort of fit in and where, uh, and maybe that becomes a little bit more, a little bit more calm on the play Pokemon side as well, just because it is so go 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 like every weekend. Um, I I'm looking to figure out what steady state is as a as a scientist. Um, <laughs> sort of uh for for the community i guess for these battles okay that's great that <clears throat> you hit on a lot of great points um there's a lot going on trying to get sylph the battle towers the new rounds up the whole system it's gonna be what you're hoping for is to bring battlers back because nowadays it's like do as many as you can because that's the only way you're gonna get top ranked where now it's like no 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 there is a limit again um because back in our first seasons, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't remote like crazy. You weren't gun, we weren't gun hoeing 50 tournaments a weekend. We were doing one. 
Yeah. And that may have had three rounds to it. Yeah. You weren't finding the nine, the seven, the four, you know, you weren't like every tournament wasn't like 12 rounds. It was just three and it was people you knew. Um, and it was just a good community where like since the pandemic, you can easily find six, seven rounders in one day, do them all and knock it all out in a day, which that would be your wave. Yeah. And they can continue to do that. And some people don't have that battler stamina. So I'll, um, what you're saying about keeping the consistency so that self can find its way with the play Pokemon and stuff like that. Doing this round system is a great way to bring those battlers back. And I think battle towers will help bring that back as well. Granted, it's another event on another weekend, right? <laughs> so now you just gotta be like, all right, guys. So there's battle tower to watch on on the 7th of Saturday of January. There's play Pokemon on the 14th. There's a community day on the 15th. You got community day classics on the next weekend. Like, when are we going to be able to do these live tournaments? But um, having the battle tower, it was fun because I got to go to one. And <sighs> yeah, I got to go to Portland and I... I'll, I'll we'll talk about my sad time about LA. I got to help build and like get LA ready, but I couldn't battle in it because I had to work that day. Oh. My life, like, like just make Pokemon my work, please, so that I don't have to keep <laughs> missing it for other stupid work because I do live events. But um, the last they did, or so it was, LA was a mega. Then you had the battle tournaments pop up. You had Portland, Orlando, and one in Chile. And right as they were about to do uh, Philadelphia, it was the pandemic. So it's really good that they're bringing it right back, right at the beginning, too. So it's not like season two, we've got to wait another season for Battle Tower. They are kicking it right off the bat, and that will help kick them off, too, uh, stabilize it as well. Yeah, and, and actually an, an idea that I'm not sure – I think Sylph probably won't go for it, but there's also the option to have these battle towers at the sort of at the safari zones, at the go fests. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it's probably better to leave that as its own tournament um, because obviously uh, one of the new announcements with the Sylph Arena also is that people who win an eight round or larger tournament, so that's at least 129 people, get an auto invitation to Continentals. And... So I think that maybe there's room to leave that for uh, a, just a regular eight-round tournament with local organizers and have the Battle Towers be separate events that people travel for. But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. And I, I am very jealous that you got to be involved in one, even without battling. Um, and I I look forward to hopefully being able to be one, be at one this season, although we'll just have to wait and see what sort of, um, I guess, what comes out as far as when and where they're going to be, how they're going to work, that sort of thing. Uh, so, uh, If I'll they wait. don't fly you out for the first battle <laughs> tower to cast that, I will fucking call them and put up the money myself. <laughs> like, holy crap. You've been nothing but the face. Like, to not have you come out and do the first battle tower or introduce it or anything would just be a huge slap to your face. Like, I would be so disheartened by Sylph that they couldn't get you the man himself out to do it okay let me just say i will i will not be offended as flights are very expensive um, <laughs> the old international, well, especially well, if the first one's in uh europe like uh, i'm pretty sure there was a maybe there was supposed to be one or there was we'll one start in a GoFundMe. <laughs> okay as long as it's uh <laughs> Look, I, I don't need to be there. I'm, I'm very happy uh, for sort of uh, more local yeah. summit and cast as well. <laughs> 
No, absolutely. I I just messing, but my guy, you gotta. I mean, you'd have to at least go to one. They're so great, especially if you've gone to the play Pokemon event too, because that's what it was like. And then at the end, you just see like three hundred battlers sitting in a room, like people like the Elite Four and uh, FP Sticks and you know uh, PV Poke and Ben Strom, like Sassafras. We're all just sitting there watching House Stark versus Wild Susan Boyle in this epic matchup. Like so good, it's just such a great energy. So I can, I'm so excited they're bringing Battle Tower back. I, I look forward to it. I'm, you should, you should. I, I wait with bated breath. <laughs> uh, sir, we've done about an hour of your time. I know we said just an hour. If you would like to go more, we can. I could definitely ask you more questions. We could talk metas. We could talk the uh, the new metas will have been out by the time this gets posted because this will be in January. Um, do you want? Uh, do you have time for just a quick how excited you of the new season? Like you you and you don't have to redo the whole um rules. <laughs> you don't have to re-go over your rules that we you just did with Adelian, but what you know, how excited you are, everything that's going on with season five of Sylph, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually really looking forward to all of the new Sylpharina season five changes. Like mm-hmm. I'm <clears throat> same sorry, here. I'm I'm really happy with the sort of reduction maximum battles like i've never i'm not sure if this uh last season in sylph season four i don't think that i ever did the maximum number of tournaments like i never did my cap of uh six ranked tournaments uh just because i didn't really have the time and i'm sort of wondering if maybe with this new system where it's not as many battles it's uh 40 ranked rounds per month so that's 10 four round tournaments so five maybe five tournaments a month, maybe even four, yeah, three, depending exactly. on the number of rounds. Um, I'm thinking that like maybe maybe I decide to go competitive uh, this season because I've, ne- I've never, well, still free in season one, which is when ranking came out like in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it came out, I was actually like 200th in the world or something. And that's definitely nice. a little skewed because it wasn't these sort of online battles in the sense that, I was battling my own community. I was in a ghost stadium lobby. And so it was a smaller pool of people that I was battling, but I I was like 200th in the world. And then uh, rainbow cup came along. And for some reason, like, I I don't know why I did this, but at the time the ranking or waiting tournaments worked in that you had to tick a tournament before you started and say, this is going to be my weighted. And I waited a tournament that I was going in with an all water team. Oh no! And uh, on I Rainbow went, Cup, Rainbow Cup. It was not With a time you victory should. bell out. I. It was a regrettable decision. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I had fun with it. Like I would have. It would have been a great decision if I didn't tick the weight box, but I ticked the weight box and I went down like 1,500 ranks uh, with a zero oh, three. No, Steve. Uh, and then I finished the season at like 2,000 or two, two or something. I think it was top 2,000. And so, I've yeah. n- and since then, I've never really gone like hardcore competitive uh, mm. as much as I was in like the first six months of still season one. So I'm, I'm sort of considering, like, maybe this is the try-hard season, Sosa. Maybe this is the time we go for it. Oh, give, give it a shit. shot. Steve's <laughs> going, Steve's going try-hard. Uh, to have <laughs> you come back with try-hard and bring out some spice plays and, like, actually, like, that's what I'm so excited about with having these Sylph metas back is, like, yeah, we saw a lot of these content creators, like, who, like, veer away from Sylph and go over to um, GBL. 
But like back then, like Speedy's Chief was giving spice picks, like try out Shift Tree, try out that. Purple Kyogre was doing the same thing. King was doing the same thing. And now that, you know, they're not doing it anymore, like the opportunity to make videos of like spice pick Pokemon is wonderful. And you get to see these new Pokemon and these deep dives. So that's, I'm just so happy to have Sylph back. Like, cause you can just, <laughs> it's not the same 12 Pokemon. Like, uh, it's, I love, I love the meta. I think it's great right now the way it is. Uh, but you literally see the same 12 Pokemon in every tournament. And I'm really excited Sylph's back because it's not the same 12 Pokemon ever. It's all sorts of all sporadic depending on what they use. It's so much fun. Well, like, yeah. Cup, Frostlass looks so good. But then again, Obstagoon is right there. You got, issues. you got issues. Obstagoon is back in it now. So. Yeah, that, that, that's what the Silphorine is really for. Giving us metas where Frostlass and Vigoroth can be good. Get us back to that, Sylph. That's what I've been missing. I, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I love that meme that uh, goes around every now and then with the, the guy sweating over which button to press and the, the guy's Silphorina and it's Frostlass meta or Vigoroth meta. <laughs> Not sure which one to hit. That was that was season three meme and that stuck <laughs> so hard for like the entire season three. It's like Frostlass or Vigoroth, what do I do? But then Trevenant <laughs> came and everybody was like, okay, Trevenant can help counter Frostlass. That'd be nice to have Trevenant instead of Vigoroth. <laughs> um, um, but yes, sir. So <clears throat> we were talking about season five, new rules. You're excited. New metas are coming. You're excited. New yeah. season is coming. You're going competitive. You're excited about this. I'm excited for you, sir. I appreciate you coming on for executive edition here and uh, doing this interview with me. I know it was just a lot of get to know you, Steve, and we really appreciate all that you do. So it was great to get to know and understand like your journey as a content creator and what it took for you to get up here. No, and we really, really appreciate having your having your time here, Sosa. So, uh, where can we where can we find you, Sosa Flow? Get the hell out of here! I don't. <laughs> you... uh, uh, okay, fine. I'll, I'll leave. No. Uh, I love you. This is what I'm saying, Steve. You're so humble, man. <laughs> you and you and Speedius would just be like, "Yeah, where can we find you? Yeah, where do we find you? You're so great. Oh, you're great too. Like, uh, but you guys don't understand, like." I, I appreciate you guys saying that. It, that's nice, but you you do should take the compliment. We do really appreciate it. I know you still you know you're fighting for it. That's why you wouldn't you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't love what you do. And I really just so you know, keep being passionate. It's so great. Um, thank you for giving us an insight of who you are in this journey and what you have in the future. And you can find Steve at YouTube at PVP Steve or on. Um, it, Twitch now? Can we do we say okay. the Twitch one? I mean, I, I I've done like one live stream in the last month. I don't know if that counts. It uh, does not. I oh. mean, yeah, sure. You've uh, got a live stream now on Twitch. You got a Twitch channel. No, I, I guess so. I guess that's the rules. Uh, oh, fine. Uh, Twitch.tv/pvpsteve7. Uh, I really should have picked uh, can, a name that was a uh, less number requiring. Uh, yeah. Actually, here's the the little tidbit is um because I wanted my YouTube name to be Steve Seven, which is the same as my right. in-game name, but YouTube has this rule that you can't have channel names with more than three letters than uh, three of the same letter in a row, and I was like, well, that doesn't do. It, it needs to be all of it. So then I just had to pick something else, uh, and I didn't pick something very creative. But here we are. <laughs> um. We could say that you are sort of creative. 
PVP Steed. I mean, how many E's? The, my my issues with your name when trying to find you is just how many E's in the beginning <laughs> and in the end? Is it like two E's in the middle, two E's at the end, three E's at the end? Um, cool. I, I used the the um, character cap um, and just filled it up with E's. <laughs> Um, so Twitch and YouTube are the places we can find you as well. You do face, um, Facebook streams. I don't know if you still do that. I haven't haven't seen you on that in a minute. Only Facebook streams I've done were with antimatter gaming. Uh, I I never did any, any solo. Okay. Uh, but you YouTube stream, you live Twitch stream. And then on Twitter as well, PVP, Steve, the big smiling face in the tuxedo <laughs> looking spot on. Be sure to go follow that smile, this good man, and listen to all he has to say because Silf Season 5 is coming. The Meta Simplifieds are coming out. Steve is always on top and point with the productions to make sure that we get not just Silf information on guides and cups and metas, but also um, – on factions as well for FSPN because you've always hit us up and be like, hey, we got a faction. You want to do it? And I'm usually, you know, my PvP Academia and Pokey Battle Network are right here for you to do it. So um, it's really wonderful that you're the guy that gives, helps us get that information out to the audience and give the audience some amazing battles to see. So thank you. Anything for you, Sisa. Anytime, anywhere. I'm just rambling because you're such a good man and there's so much I need to talk to you about. And I just wish (laughs) I wrote it all. I wrote it all down. Uh, But I'm so grateful for you being my first guest. We'll have to have you come back on and go into some more in-depth conversations later. But my good friend, thank you, sir, for joining us today on Executive Edition. I appreciate you, Sosa. And don't don't forget to, I don't, I don't know, I, I was going to say like, like, comment, subscribe, but I don't, you, you don't really do that with podcasts. D- don't forget to leave, leave a review. Yeah. Is that what you do? Leave a review on this episode. And f- yeah. Yeah. We'll learn about it. We're learning about it. This is my first one too. So uh, <laughs> thank you all and enjoy your battles. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.